You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, it's the first of a two-part series looking at trade targets for the Winnipeg Jets, beginning with the Eastern Conference. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right. How are we doing today, everybody? Good to be back at it. I am Jack to kick off this mini series of Winnipeg Jets offseason talk because trade talk might be the best part of being a fan once the season comes to an end because we all get to pretend that we're a genius and know how to run a hockey team. And for a club like the Jets, you know, it's pretty obvious status quo isn't going to cut it this go-around. So there's actually a fair amount of options Winnipeg is going to have to take a look at to try to improve going into next season. So let's get right into it here by diving into the other conference. We'll look at some names to keep an eye on out east before going to the west in our next episode. Now, a few caveats before we get started. One... These have been pre-recorded. I'm off on a trip for a couple of weeks, so forgive me if anything's out of date. And two, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. You might disagree with some of the names I bring up, but hey, while it would be nice to say Hedman and Fox and and Barkov, etc., I focus on guys that have a reason to be moved, right? Like either their, their names have been in trade discussions, contract status, the team's roster cap situation, all that stuff. So... We'll go into alphabetical order, and and while I didn't have this name on my original list, I guess we do have to touch on it quick because it is semi-breaking news in the NHL. After Bruce Cassidy was fired, I'm sure you've all seen the reports now of some apparent disconnect between David Pasternak and the Boston Bruins. Maybe the Bruins are going into a semi-rebuild or a reload with... All these injuries and surgeries and Patrice Bergeron likely retiring. I think it's the right way for them to go, to be honest, because they can maybe sneak into the Bedard sweepstakes next year and get right back into things. But either way, at the very least, it looks like the Bruins might explore potentially moving a guy that scored or was on pace to score 50 goals just a couple of seasons ago and is in the prime of his career right now. So should the Winnipeg Jets make David Pasternak a target for their offseason? 
look, I'm always on board for going after high-end talent. <laughs> I mean, you, if a guy like that becomes available, the, the least you have to do is inquire and, and find out what Boston might be looking for. But I guess, you know, when you talk about some of these elite upper echelon wingers that are going to be available, whether it's in the, in, in the trade market or in, in free agency, it, it just doesn't really fit with what the Jets are looking for right now, right? Like, there's, there's already a couple of elite wingers on this team, young elite wingers, at a good price point as well, in, in Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. And then, you know, who knows where Cole Perfetti is going to fit in by the time the middle of, of next season rolls around as well. So... If David Pasternak was a setterman, then giddy up. Like, let's get after this one because this would be an area of need for the Winnipeg Jets. Same goes for the blue line as well. But I don't know. Is is David Pasternak going to... Is he the one piece that can push the Winnipeg Jets into cup contention? Like, to me, he's just... He's more of a luxury piece for a team that's already strong on the wing, needs to improve down the middle and on the blue line. So... For me, he's not necessarily a trade target, but, you know, as is the case for most of these names, if the price is right, yeah, let's dangle and see if maybe we can find something to happen here. But aside from that, let's get into some actual targets that I've put together here. And so, like I mentioned, we'll start in team alphabetical order, and we start off with the Buffalo Sabres, and oddly enough, I don't have a name. I don't have an actual player from the Buffalo Sabres when we talk about trade targets with them. But what is really intriguing, and I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with the situation that's going on with the Sabres roster right now. But what I have written down here for a trade target for the Winnipeg Jets is just, quite frankly, the Buffalo Sabres cap space. The Buffalo Sabres right now, if you want to take a guess... (laughs) Take a guess how much cap space they have projected going into next season. It might shock you. The number is 43 freaking million dollars. They have more cap space than they do projected cap hit right now. So for a team like the Winnipeg Jets, and there's going to be a bunch of teams that are in a similar boat, if you're looking to shed some salary, well, Arizona is likely the first name that comes to mind, and we'll certainly get to that In our Western Conference episode, the Buffalo Sabres actually have more cap space and might be more inclined to make a deal of that nature. And I bring Buffalo up because if you remember, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about, you know, now that the Winnipeg Jets have a second first round pick in the draft, maybe they look to move out some draft picks as a bit of a sweetener for a team to take on Nate Schmidt's. $5.9 million cap hit. Well, conveniently, not only does Buffalo have a boatload of cap space, they have, as of this moment, three defensemen under contract for next season. Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Yokoharu, Owen Power. Jacob Bryson, as an RFA, would bring that up to four. But (laughs) A, you're missing two defensemen there. But B, there's, I mean, 22, 22, 19 years old. That's a team that could probably use a veteran defenseman to help bring some of these young guys along. And we know, you know, what, whatever you think of Nate Schmidt as a player, he was pretty instrumental by the sounds of it to helping to bring along guys like Dylan Sandberg and Billy Hanela and maybe even Logan Stanley to an extent too. He could bring that same sort of an impact to a Buffalo Sabres team who clearly are not worried about 
reaching the salary cap this upcoming season. They're trying to get to the cap floor. They'll need a few guys like a Nate Schmidt to help them get there. So that's why I bring up the Buffalo Sabres as a real intriguing team that could be linked to the Winnipeg Jets here. On top of it, you know, the Jets and Sabres have some trade history as well. I mean, going back to Drew Stafford and then obviously the Evander Kane trade a few years ago. This uh, There's just a lot of things that make sense when you look at what the Winnipeg Jets have and where the Buffalo Sabres are at right now. Maybe even more so than Arizona, this could be a potential Nate Schmidt destination. The only sticking point is, can the Winnipeg Jets get, get Nate Schmidt to waive his no-trade clause for a Sabres team that is not going to be anywhere near near playoff contention next season although they are on the upswing so that's good some good news out there in buffalo next on the list a name that we've touched on a lot here on skates and plates uh and i don't think we need to dive into this one too much but it could be the most it could be the trade that has the most ramifications on the winnipeg jets roster funny enough and that would be over to carolina with marty nikash obviously if mark shifley's on the trade market if mark shifley does get moved I really believe Carolina is going to be one of the teams hot and heavy on Mark Shifley's trail, especially after how their playoffs ended. Second round disappointment, a team that was looking to take the leap. They'll be looking to do the same thing next year, adding a high-end elite option down the middle offensively, like Mark Shifley would go a long way to do that. And maybe Marty Nikash is the piece that would come back the other way for the Jets. Obviously, that wouldn't be enough for Shifley. There'd have to be picks and maybe some other players thrown in there as well. But that's somebody that we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on is could Marty Nikash be a name down the middle for the Winnipeg Jets along with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Adam Lowry for next season. Another name that could be a potential option for the Winnipeg Jets you know, hey, down the middle, but anywhere, is a guy that I really, really like. And I am a little perplexed as to why he's been on the trade market for well over a year now. And that's over in Columbus with Alex Tessier. I don't know how familiar a lot of Jets fans are with, with Tessier and the style of game that he plays. I, I don't know how many Blue Jackets games everybody watches, but he is a silky, silky smooth player, and he's got a ton of skill, but he hasn't quite translated that to high-end production at the NHL level just yet. Having said that, though, he's only 22 years old. He's only 22 years old, and he's already played parts of three seasons at the NHL level with the Blue Jackets right now. Just, you know, hovering around that half a point a game pace so far, the reason why I like somebody like that is because it kind of reminds me of the Devon Tafe situation with the Islanders a few years ago. Now, now you know, it's not a perfect comparison, but, but why it reminds me of that is maybe you're taking a flyer on a guy who's available on the trade market that could blossom into something special for you. And you might be able to snag him, you know, I, maybe not below market value, but you might be able to get him for something that when you look back on that trade, people wonder how in the world did Alex Teche only grab a second round pick or, or whatever it might be, right? But but that's a guy that I would love to see the Winnipeg Jets be proactive in targeting. Don't know why he's been on the trade market for Columbus for, for a while now, but, but he has been. And when you get a guy that can play down the middle or on either wing, 
he's got some decent size to him as well, but he can move. He's, he's you know, he's not a plodding cement boots guy that's going to be on the ice for the Jets. I, I don't know. It's, it's somebody that I've always had my eye on, and it's one of the – I think everybody has a player in the NHL where you watch him and you're like, why isn't that guy, you know, on the team's top line? Why isn't he putting up 50, 60 points a year? That's what I think Alex Tessier could potentially become for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, maybe not a number one option, but maybe he's a guy that could be a second or a third line center. Maybe he's a complimentary winger inside your top six that can play well off of an Ehlers or a Connor. It's somebody that you can get for a decent price. You don't have to give up the farm, but that's a trade that could pay dividends both in the present and in the future as well. Moving on here. Just to keep an eye on this one, I'm not going to say it's a trade target necessarily because it would be nice. I just don't really see it happening. But I'll just mention Dylan Larkin out there in Detroit just because he's going into the final year of his deal, set to become an upcoming UFA. I I don't see a reason why he would leave the Red Wings. It seems like he likes it there. He's the captain. I I don't anticipate him leaving. But if he's unwilling to sign a contract extension out there in Detroit maybe that's a potential option for the Winnipeg Jets if they decide to move on from someone like Mark Shifley. So just just a name to keep an eye on, but I I do anticipate him signing a long-term deal sometime soon with the Red Wings, but would love to see him here in Winnipeg. Get somebody that fast down the middle, him and Pierre-Luc Dubois, a one-two punch, that would be something special. Now we'll get to the rest of the names on this list and some interesting blue liners. We've talked about mainly forwards so far. We got one more to get to, but then we'll get to some fun names on the back end. Make sure you tune in for the latter part of that in this episode here. But before we do that, do want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NHL with the big-time deal on the table for you. With the playoffs winding down, you can still win big. A $5 bet on any team to win gets you $100 in free bets, win or lose. It's that simple. Plus, if you're looking to turn a small bet into another big payday, DraftKings Same Game Parlays gives you that opportunity. Combining multiple bets together to earn your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. All right, so let's continue our look out east at potential names for the Winnipeg Jets to target. You know what? I'll I'll throw out... I mentioned one more forward to get to here, but let me throw three quick names out there as far as forwards go. I don't know how realistic any of these are to actually happening, each of them for a different reason. We'll start in Florida, and I'll just mention Patrick Hornquist, because Patrick Hornquist, 35 years old, makes a little over $5 million. I mean, the Panthers are going to have to shed a ton of salary if they want to bring any of their many unrestricted free agents back. The only reason I mentioned Patrick Hornquist is, you know, he's not the guy he was in Pittsburgh. There's no doubt about that. At best, you're getting half a point a game out of him. But maybe if Florida's desperate enough, maybe you could squeeze one of their high-end prospects out of the deal 
as a result, as a reward for taking on Hornfist's contract. I look at somebody like Sam Eskevich, high-end college player for the Florida Panthers. That would definitely pique my interest if that was on the table. So I'll, I'll just throw in Patrick Hornfist there, although I don't think that's super, super likely. As well, the Montreal Canadiens and big Josh Anderson. The Habs are actually well over the salary cap. That's in part because of Weber and, and Carey Price and... And their futures are a little uncertain right now, but they do have a lot of big tickets on that roster right now. With the number one overall pick, maybe they lean towards, try to rebuild a little bit. Josh Anderson is a name that we've heard being thrown out there a little bit right now. He makes a lot of money. He's got a lot of years on that deal, but he's still relatively young. And I, th- I the reason why I like him is because the Jets do, I believe, need some size up front and physicality. But they need that to contribute in a tangible way offensively. And that's what Josh Anderson can do. He's a guy that, hey, in the right situation, he can score 30 goals for you. And I I love the idea of seeing him opposite either Nikolai Ehlers or Kyle Connor on the wing. Right? Like a guy that has got enough skill that he can play with them, but also going to be physical enough that he can open up a little more space for those two to operate with. And imagine, for example, Anderson and Dubois in a line together in the havoc that they could create. That would, that, there's a lot of fun potential with Josh Anderson being a Winnipeg Jet. So that's why I threw his name in the mix here. The final one, the New York Rangers. This is also a name we brought up with a potential Mark Shifley trade. But Alexis Lafreniere, I mentioned a few weeks back, Shifley, one for one. For Lafreniere, you know, with the way the playoffs have gone for the Rangers, I just don't see them moving him right now. I mean, that the kid line has been arguably their most impactful line, like right up there with guys like Kreider and Zabinijad, right? So I, I just don't envision a scenario right now where the New York Rangers move on from somebody with as much potential as Lafreniere. Maybe if they flamed out earlier in the playoffs, but that's just my take on it right now that Lafreniere is going to be off the table. So that's the forwards to keep an eye on through the Eastern Conference. We now shift our focus to the blue line, arguably the most important area of need for the Winnipeg Jets. And surprise, surprise, there's actually some decent high-end options to go shopping for here. The first one is is a name that I don't know if a lot of people have heard of yet. Uh, But if you haven't, watch them play. And you'll be surprised at just how solid of a player this guy is. But Artem Zub out there in Ottawa is a guy that I wouldn't mind giving Pierre Dorian a call for. And and the reason why is he has quietly put together back-to-back really, really effective seasons for the Ottawa Senators. And, And doing so a lot of the time on a top pairing with Thomas Shabbat. So you might say, well... Why would the Ottawa Senators trade a 26-year-old defenseman who is making just $2.5 million this upcoming season? Well, it's because he's an upcoming UFA. And and the way the Senators have always operated is, for whatever reason, they tend to move on from these guys right before they're due a big payday. So how likely is it? Uh, Maybe leaning more towards unlikely. But that's a guy that I think if put in a if put in a situation on a more competitive team could prove to be a bit of a steal. A, a guy that could turn into 
a big time player. I, I don't want to say necessarily like a McKenzie Weger out there in Florida, but but maybe something like light, like a light McKenzie Weger. You know what I mean? And as a right shot defenseman, I I do like the idea of putting an Artem Zoo beside Josh Morrissey and having that be your no doubt about it top pairing. I wonder what the cost would be, but let's just keep an eye out on on Artem Zoo. We'll see how the the contract talks do go with the Ottawa Senators if if that could be a guy that could potentially surprisingly be on the block. The reason I bring it up too is because I've been watching so much Mika Zibanejad with the New York Rangers right now. And if you forget, or if you forgot, the Senators traded Mika Zibanejad and a pick as well for Derek Broussard right when Zibanejad was about to sign coming off his ELC deal. Then he exploded out there with the New York Rangers. Maybe on the defensive side of things, the same thing can happen with Artem Zoo. Now, from a guy a lot of people haven't heard of to a guy that everybody has heard of. And this might be this might be the most realistic come to life name to keep an eye on out of all the ones that we mentioned here so far. And of course, we have to go out to my Philadelphia Flyers, the sad sack team of the Eastern Conference, and we have to bring up the name Ivan Provorov. I could say with a high degree of certainty that the Winnipeg Jets have had interest in Ivan Provorov going back a season or two when a certain Finnish winger was on the trade block. I do know the Winnipeg Jets love the game of Ivan Provorov. And with the whole Mark Shifley situation brewing here, there's the potential again for a deal set around these two players. Similar cap hits. One's a blue liner. Obviously, one's a centerman. Maybe there's a deal to be worked out between those two players. And on top of it, you know, Provorov has not had the greatest relationship with a lot of players inside the Philadelphia Flyers locker room. Now, you might say, why would we want to bring that here to Winnipeg? Fair point. But just that, you know, the Flyers might be, for the first time, more inclined to move a guy like Ivan Provorov than they have been in the past. My opinion on this, I look at Ivan Provorov as... A number two defenseman, not a number one defenseman. I think at this point in his career, having watched him enough, he's a good player. There's no doubt about that. But each time he's been tasked with carrying a top pairing by himself with a okay partner, he struggled to do that. When somebody is capable and solid and good to really good beside him, the results have been tremendous. So... You're not talking about one of the no doubt about a top one guys, but if you could potentially create a top pairing with a guy like Ivan Provorov, I could see why there would be a lot of interest in that with the Winnipeg Jets. And to have a pairing of, say, Ivan Provorov and Neil Pionk to go along with a Josh Morrissey and DeMello, whoever else that could potentially be, that has the makings of a pretty damn good top four. So I think Provorov is certainly a name to keep an eye on here just because it's so tough to, like, those number one stud defensemen just do not come around. It's so, so incredibly rare, right? And maybe Provorov's not that, likely he's not that, but if you take it just as a slight step below that, there's still a ton of value in getting somebody like Ivan Provorov out of Philadelphia. A few more defenseman names to keep an eye on here. This one really intrigues me. These two options, actually. 
from the same team, and they're still playing hockey right now. And that would be the Tampa Bay Lightning Blue Liners, Mikhail Sergachev, or Eric Chernak. And you might say, well, why in the world would they want to trade guys like that? Well, we all know the situation that the Tampa Bay Lightning find themselves in year after year, salary cap-wise. Right now, they're projected for minus $2 million in cap space. Not a whole lot of wiggle room for the Tampa Bay Lightning to work with. And, and sure, they can certainly find a way to get it done. But the reason why I bring up Sergachev and Chernak is that they have one more year left on their deals before they're set to hit the negotiating table once again as RFAs right away from unrestricted free agency. And we know the Lightning have been proactive in the past and moving on from guys maybe a year early just to find themselves with a little more wiggle room, with a little more assets, different things like that. JT Miller comes to mind. A few other players as well that the Lightning have moved on from in order to reload again going into next season. And you do wonder if a guy like Sergachev, for example, could potentially price himself out of Tampa Bay, you know, making five, six, seven million dollars on his next deal. Eric Chernak, the same sort of thing, although on a slightly lower level. Those, if either one of those guys are available, I'm, I'm certainly, certainly reaching out to Julian Breezeball on what the ask is for either one of those. Might cost you one of the defensive prospects that the Winnipeg Jets have, right? It gives Tampa Bay a little more salary cap space and ELC to deal with. The Winnipeg Jets get a little more certainty in an NHL-ready player. Now, which one of those would you rather have? Well, I, I think it's pretty a pretty easy situation to look at. For me, Mikhail Sergachev has the highest ceiling out of those two players, no doubt about it. The one guy that could turn into a number one defenseman, whereas Eric Chernak has a higher floor. A much steadier guy, really more of a complementary piece than somebody that can carry a pairing by themselves. So it kind of depends on how risky you want to get with this, right? And not that, you know, if you if you made a move for Sergachev, he's going to be a third pairing guy for you, right? But you would make the move for Sergachev in thinking that he's going to be a top-air defenseman. That's not necessarily a guarantee, though, which is why I, I can understand both sides of the equation here. Plus, Chernak, as a right-shot defenseman, and a guy that's an absolute mountain back there, but can still play with skill, that's, that's a really tantalizing candidate for a lot of teams, including the Winnipeg Jets. I'd be cool with either one of them if you had to make me choose... I'm going more boomer bust and, and trying to get Mikhail Sergachev out of Tampa Bay. So let's just keep an eye on, on those two names because Calfoot as well, by the way, is an upcoming RFA in the same year as Sergachev and Chernak. Calfoot would cost a lot less than those two. He's a bit younger as well, right? You can kind of read the tea leaves here and, and understand that Tampa Bay isn't going to be able to keep all those guys in the fold. And maybe you can get one of them a year before they hit restricted free agency. The final name on the list, we of course have to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. This one I'm a little less sold on, but it's it's an option out there nonetheless, and, and somebody that I think you have to have a discussion about. And that would be Jake Muzzin of the Maple Leafs. A guy that the Leafs acquired to kind of be that physical veteran piece to help teach a team how to get over the top and reach 
the deep portions of the Stanley Cup playoffs, a guy that has gotten it done with the LA Kings on multiple occasions. And while he's been great in Toronto, obviously that hasn't panned out just yet. But the Leafs, of course, don't have a ton of cap space to work with right now. Right now they're looking at $7.8 million, which sounds like a lot. But like the Jets, they have a bunch of RFAs to deal with, including Timothy Lilgren, Rasmus Sandin, Pierre Engvall, and Andre Kasha, right? There goes your, your 7 mil easy. And that leaves the Maple Leafs no wiggle room to try to improve that roster, right? So you do wonder if they potentially look at moving somebody like Jake Muzzin, who's got two more years left at $5.6 million per season at 33 years old. Is that something the Winnipeg Jets would be interested in? I mean, for me, he's kind of like a supercharged Brendan Dillon. So, I mean, the question is, is there maybe a deal between the two teams? Jake Muzzin for Brendan Dillon, for example? Dillon, obviously, less of a cap hit. Would you want to take on that risk if you're the Winnipeg Jets with how banged up Muzzin has been in recent years? Me, I don't think I would want to go that route. But I know there's a lot of fans out there that love his game. Love everything he brings to the table. He'd be a look, he'd be a great player for the Winnipeg Jets. It's just how much tread is left on those tires, and are you maybe better off setting your sights a little bit higher than a guy like Jake Muzzin at this point in his career? So there you have it. Those are the names throughout the Eastern Conference, potential trade targets for the Winnipeg Jets, and ones to keep an eye on for you. Would love to know what you think about the names I brought up, as well as any trade targets in the Eastern Conference that you have blue line down the middle picks prospects all that stuff would absolutely love to get your opinions on that and maybe we can make an episode out of that before the trade frenzy and the free agent frenzy and the nhl draft to get underway let me know on twitter at brandon underscore rewiki or the podcast at skate plate pod when we return we'll cap off our little mini series here of trade targets by looking out to the Western Conference, where the Winnipeg Jets lie. Is there a rival team out there that could have just what the Winnipeg Jets are looking for? We'll get into all the big and the small names when we get back at it in our next episode. A reminder as well, new episodes of Skates and Plates drop every Tuesday and Friday morning, so keep an eye out for that wherever you listen to your podcasts. But until then... Thanks for listening once again to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. Enjoy the summer. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.